Hello, I'm Laurel, and welcome to the podcast That Fangirl Life. This is a podcast where each week I'll be chatting to a guest about Fangirl Life, as well as answering some of your questions. This week, I'm chatting to Instagram and TikTok creator Emma Cantrell Miller, who has over 200,000 followers across both platforms. Join us as we discuss how Emma decided to take being a fangirl full time, her fanfic cherry that has amassed over 8 million reads just this year alone, as well as how quick Harry's fans work at getting content out. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of That Fangirl Life. Today I am joined by Emma. Hello. You may know, you may know her as at Emma Cantrell on Instagram. Your same username on TikTok as well? It's Emma K. Cantrell on TikTok but uh, pretty much okay. the same. Yeah. Um, Emma do you want to introduce yourself, what you do, where you are from? Sure. Um, Etc. Hello, I am Emma, as you know, um, and I am from the United States. I am from Georgia, if you know where that is. Um, it's like it's like Atlanta, Georgia, more so, but Atlanta, Georgia, um, which it's super fun here. It gets, gets hot sometimes, you know, gotta love it. And as for what I do, um, I'm not in university right now, like I'm not going to school right now, but I am planning on possibly going sooner or later, maybe starting back up again. Who knows? You know, kind of just rolling with the punches. But I am kind of a full-time fangirl. That's pretty much my job right now. I make TikToks, starting a YouTube at the beginning of the year. I um, write fan fiction and just books in general. I like writing a lot. It's more of a, a hobby right now. Hopefully, it'll be a job sooner or later. Yeah. And then I also own my own merchandise shop um, that's kind of centered in pop culture and self-care and fandom stuff like Harry One Direction kind of stuff like that and that's that's pretty much what I do. Emma is on here today as we're going to be talking about what I'm probably most known for on the internet as always talking about as well um Harry Styles um which is very exciting about um I think I first came across your Instagram as it come up as a recommendation I think someone that follows me sent it to me being like you need to follow this girl she's very much the American version of you and I was like okay I was like, I'll give a follow and I I was like yeah this is like what I wish I actually started my Instagram to be in the UK it's a bit um I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it it's not as you get bullied a bit for being a bit of a fangirl when you were younger yep so I wouldn't vocalise as much, especially on Instagram, when I first started out, how much I actually liked Harry or One Direction. Um, is that the same? I feel like it's a bit more laid back in America, but that could just be me. It, it depends. I mean, social media wise, I think in America, I think all over the world more so too. But in America, everyone that I know from high school or like like any anyone really that I meet, everyone's kind of looking to be like, that Instagram baddie or like they want to like be like that West Coast vibe where they have like the super cool and like aesthetically pleasing pictures and like that's kind of the vibe they go with so you know for a while I did try to fall into that mold because I thought yeah you know this is the way that I can get because I've always wanted to have I guess not like have a following but I've always wanted to be able to influence people or talk to people or make sure people know that they're safe like have a safe space with me so I thought oh this is the way that I can do that and I kind of did the same thing where I like did a lot of beauty stuff and like I would post like like I would take pictures with friends and I wanted to like get into that kind of stuff and like try to like put these aesthetic pictures together. But in in the in the behind the scenes, I was this crazy fangirl and I loved, you know, writing and reading and and fangirling and all this like going to concerts and all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, why am I like, what's the point in me hiding that? Because, you know, yeah. I love Harry Styles. I love not just him but One Direction I love all other music Hayley Williams I, I I've Casey Musgraves like there's so many people that I'm just obsessed with and I was like why am I not posting about this because I know there's hundreds of thousands of other people that feel the same so I started yeah. posting about it and then I made a TikTok and posted about it there and then everyone was like yep that's it you know that's your thing and I was like that's my thing yeah. I guess so I I guess like behind the scenes you know some people would look at it as a weird thing like when you're talking to your friends and you're like crying over Harry Styles and you're like I don't get it I talk more on my Instagram about it because I know there's people that follow me that I can have that conversation. Exactly. With. Whereas, whereas 
my mum is like, oh, I don't give two hoots what Harry Styles is doing today or what he's wearing today. Yep. But if it makes you happy, carry on doing See, it. that's kind like, of how it was when I was in, like, at my, in my college and stuff. Like, when I, because I was going to university for two years and then I decided to take a break because I think I want to do something else instead of what I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. And COVID and everything happened too. So that kind of gave me a reason to take another break for that reason. But yeah. um, all my college friends, you know, like, all of them liked his music, but they didn't really know much about him I mean unless it was because of me but like they were all like it's it's cool like you're happy doing you're do- doing what you're doing it's fine my yeah. family like my mom my sister and my dad my dad really loves music so he appreciates Harry Styles but like they don't really understand the whole Harry Styles thing either like they love them like they love him because they know I love him but like they don't freak out over him you know but my husband luckily he's a huge Nile fan gigantic Nile okay. fan so yep. he kind of understands the whole One Direction thing. Like, he gets what I'm talking about. And then my sister-in-law, I'm really blessed to have a sister-in-law and also kind of, like, a group of friends, like, outside of college. All of them are huge One Direction fans. Like, all of my friends that are outside of, like, my college life are huge One Direction and Harry Styles fans. So I'm I'm lucky in that sense. <laughs> so I'd paid – well, I obviously paid, but I'd – plan to go to Harry's show in London by myself this year mm-hmm. because I knew none of my friends I wouldn't want them to pay nearly a hundred pounds for floor seats to see someone that they don't mind but they're just coming to keep me company I'd rather me pay go by myself and have a great time instead of worrying are they having a good time do they like it exactly are they happy that they've spent that much money and I feel like there's also like a taboo about going to concerts by yourself yep. and there shouldn't be because it's the same as going to the cinema by yourself. Like, you're there to watch that person and have a good and time. I think, too, so. like, the coolest part about going to a concert by yourself, like, in a fandom that we're in, like, going to see Harry Styles by yourself isn't necessarily, like, as crazy as you, like, as some people would think it is. Because even if you don't know anybody that you're standing next to, you kind of do know them because you know like we're all very similar in so many ways and I feel like it'd be very easy especially for people like me and you because I feel like if if I'm getting the right vibe I feel like we're both very extroverted I guess like we talk like we can talk to people pretty well you know yeah I would talk to anybody exactly so what I want to know is obviously x factor here was a big thing back when One Direction were formed on it Mm -hmm. like that was like the main Saturday night show that and um the UK version of Dancing the Stars, Strictly Come Dancing here. That was like your Saturday night in. Yeah. What I want to know is how did you come across One Direction in America in regards to obviously that being a big thing in the UK and not in America at the time? See, I a lot of people ask me this. Um, So I was 10 when One Direction got formed. Oh my God, you've made me feel really old <laughs> now. Because I'm, tw- I'm 20 now. So that was yeah. 10 years ago. And I was 10 years old. I was in fifth grade. um, And... I was on my mother's laptop and I was looking on you like on YouTube like watching YouTube videos of something I don't remember exactly what it was but I came across Mm. it was a few weeks after they had like become a band and stuff like that and I'd come across one of their video diaries and that's what it was it was like when X Factor was like posting those on YouTube was the video diaries or someone had reposted them or something I don't remember exactly who had posted it but I watched it and then I watched the ones that they had had like a few of the ones that they had had and I was like, who are these boys? Like, what is this? And then so I kept, like, finding, like, recorded versions of The X Factor on YouTube. Because obviously we don't, like, I didn't get that in yeah. America at the time. And also I was 10 years old, so I didn't know how to, like, find, like, a streaming service where I could go watch, like, you know, TV from the UK. Well, I don't really think it was it was a big thing. Like streaming services, then. yeah. Like streaming, the social media m- was how... One Direction got so big. Agreed. But the boy bands that I like grew up with, they would never, they were never as big as what One Direction were because we didn't have social media back then. Mm-hmm. Like there is no dodgy pictures of me, thankfully, on the internet from when I was at secondary school, high school, like times. There is, there is none. They all exist on a printed out photo that I can burn and no one else has has to ever see it or like so these other other boy bands didn't have the exposure that they did which in a way is amazing because I don't know if they would have succeeded as well as they did if it wasn't for Twitter 
because I feel like Twitter was the one that kicked them I, off. I agree, honestly, because Instagram had just started right when they kind of started too. Like it was that was right around when Instagram was a thing, I guess. Yeah. So I can agree. I feel like YouTube and and Twitter definitely because without those video diaries, I can I kind of feel the same about that too. Like I feel like the video diaries and seeing their personalities like that really, you know, pushed them forward a little bit yeah. too. Like those getting posted to YouTube and stuff. Okay, so have you always been, has Harry always been your number one? No, actually. Everyone always no. thinks that, I mean, because I, I, I haven't really said I... it, but I was a huge, I remember when I first watched the video diaries, I was kind of a mix between like Louis and Liam. I just liked Louis because I thought he was so funny. I loved his personality and I thought he was super cute and Liam for the same reasons. I was like, I love his hair. I think he's cute. He's funny. It was a whole thing. And then um when I saw them for the first time that was when I kind of looked at Harry and I was like "Mm." I mean because I always thought he was cute and like I thought he was like funny and like like just cheeky and like whatever and then when I saw them I was like okay yeah I yeah he's my favorite and then it kind of just stuck with that since then so (laughs) I feel like everyone always says the same thing in regards to they were never a Harry fan first of all but I know a few other people that I've always spoken to, they've always said that they draw more to Louis because of how fun his personality comes across, like how just like he was, he comes across as a normal English lad. Yeah. Like, that's the only way I can describe him. Like he's a boy's boy as like from England is the way that I would describe it. Yeah. Like he's just, he was very like fun loving kind of, you know, just like super super chill and like fun loving and I just thought he was so cute and then my mom was like he's the oldest you're not allowed to like him and I was like mom they're all they're all too old for me it's fine (laughs) (laughs) what made you then obviously after seeing them when they broke up we won't delve into that because that's a whole nother conversation I say broke up sorry hiatus people I'm sorry they're on hiatus not broken up (laughs) um what made you go more in towards like the Harry Lane on the solo stuff? Not saying that you don't like any of the other solo stuff because I do as well, but I always say that I'm more into Harry as a person, as a person overall. I can agree with that. Than I, I am think the others. Once the breakup, or we're not like okay. Once Zayn left the like the band, and then yep. after that, and his solo stuff started coming out, I was I was really into Mind of Mine, which is obviously you know that's Zayn's first album that he came out with. Yeah, I was really into that album. Me and my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, but he loved it. I loved it. Like we listened to it all the time. I was a huge, obviously, One Direction fan. So I was when they were on hiatus, and there was word of like solo projects coming out. I was just really excited to see any of theirs, like Louis, Liam, Niall, and Harry. I was I was ready for whoever came out first. And then Niles mm-hmm. came out first, if I'm correct. I think it was Niall. The excitement throughout the fandom to see, like, what the boys were going to do. And Harry kind of just disappeared. Like, he was just nowhere to be found. Like, we saw him places, mm-hmm. but he was just kind of nowhere. And then he did Dunkirk, and we were all, like, really excited about that. And seeing him do something so unique and different, that kind of brought some attention to him, in my opinion. Like, where I was like, oh, that's really cool. Because I love, I've been an actress on stage since I was five years old. So the fact that he was doing that and he did really, really well in that movie, I was like, that's really cool. And then he came out with his first album. I remember it was, I think it was like, yeah, it was April, around April or May. I remember being in, like, in school. Like, I, I sat, at, like, I remember listening to it that morning and then I remember sitting at lunch and listening to it too. And it was just so good. Right. I remember when the album came out. It was so unique compared to, like, Wonder... It was just so different compared to One Direction's music. Not that none of the other boys came out with stuff very different, because they did. Like, a lot of their songs... Like, each of their albums, I feel like, has one or two songs that definitely could have been One Direction songs. I stand by that. But Harry's album was just so different to me. And then seeing him in, like, his music videos and just how... How different... Just how different he was. It kind of made me wonder more about him I guess like I was kind of like in my mind there was just like question marks and I was I was he was more mysterious and like I was wanting to know more so I guess that's kind of why I clung to that more I feel like you know he was already my favorite before the hiatus announcement and stuff so then his fashion sense and his album and everything like that kind of just made me definitely stick with my choice of him being my favorite though I definitely do 
I've made it clear too. I do love all the other boys and I've listened to all their other albums and I listen to them every like I've all like not all the time. I'm not going to sit there and say every day because I don't, but <laughs> yeah. I don't even listen to Harry's album every day, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So one of the questions that was sent in that I asked over on Instagram um, was someone wanted to know what your favorite thing is about being in this fandom? I think the coolest part for me is every single time I think there's something that like I'm alone in, I know that I'm not like having that support there. Like I know for a fact, like no matter what, I could post to my Instagram and be like, does anybody else agree with this? Or does anybody else feel the same about this? Or has anybody else gone through this before? And I know that there's so many hairy stands and hairy people that would kind of agree or have been through it or could like help me through that it's kind of like the aspect of having that family around you even though they're not actually your family if that makes sense and the aspect of making friends it's super cool making friends the amount of people that I've met just from liking a single person is so cool to me yeah I like like we were saying earlier about obviously like when you started changing your Instagram to reflect more of actually who you are personality wise I found now that I've gained more friends and more people that I've got things in common with it's it's nice to know that there's people there however there is obviously the opposite side of that as well that I do want to ask about because obviously you've got quite a large following um I actually I think I first found you on Twitter now that I'm thinking about it and I think it was just before I think it was just before you were like I'm not being on Twitter anymore I think but I hardly go on Twitter at all anymore now because I find well just fan Twitter very toxic stan Twitter is a scary place I have a lot of friends I have met a lot of people on there and you know I'm not gonna like like bash on anybody on that app because you know there I feel like there's toxicity no matter what side of the fandom you're on whether it's Instagram Twitter TikTok, whatever side, there's going to be people that have like that, like that are to- like toxic on there because there's toxic people even without the fandom. There's toxic people everywhere mm-hmm. in the world, you know? It's not like, because like I said, it's not like there's not toxic people on every app. I feel like the more, the more I experienced toxic, like toxicity was on Twitter. And that is why I left Twitter. And I have no intention of ever going back on that app in my life. It's not even because of, like, the stand Twitter aspect of it. I think it's just because, like, I'm already on two different social medias. And I they take up a, a te- soon to be three as soon as I get on YouTube and actually stick yeah. with that. But, like, there's already so much going on with that for me and, like, my personal life while also running a shop. And, you know, I'm married. So having a social life and a husband and, like, family and just everything, I don't think I could even handle thinking about posting on Twitter every day but yeah I left Twitter for that exact reason just because I like no matter what I I would be like have a good day guys and people would be like no don't tell me what to do and I'd be like okay like I can't I can't say anything on this app you know (laughs) yeah you can't you can't win if you're nice if you're mean a lot of it too was jokes like people would just be joking around like they would take a TikTok I posted and repost it and like make a joke out of it and it would it would be a joke but it, it wasn't funny to me because I, I get a little sensitive sometimes. I can admit to that. So it wouldn't be funny to me. So I'd get really sensitive about it. And I knew it was just not good for me- my mental health, even though it was literally just fun. You know, it was fun in games. But, you know, I didn't find it as that. So I, that's kind of part of the reason, too. Like, I would just see someone putting away, like, stuff on, on Twitter. And they'd be, like, like saying just stupid stuff about it. Even, like, not super serious, but just stupid stuff. And it would just offend me, even though it wasn't even that offensive because I'm too sensitive I'm too sensitive for Twitter that's what it is (laughs) well I don't even think it's that like I get it sometimes in regards to when I do like body positive stuff on I've seen it and it makes me so mad it and I think people forget that there's actually a person on the Mm -hmm. other I think this I don't know whether it's not because everyone's been locked inside but I feel like this year it's got I agree because a lot of people are bored too you know, so I feel, and which is not yeah. an excuse as to why you would ever say anything hateful to someone online, I, I think. But a lot of people are bored. I feel like that's part of it. Honest, honestly, I think with Twitter and like with any with any social media app, part of the thing with like me is is that 
of course I'm I'm a Harry Styles stan and I love Harry in One Direction and I post about you know them a lot I post about being a fangirl a lot but you know I don't just Mm -hmm. post about that like I post about fashion and outfits and makeup and like my life and what's going on I sing I post music sometimes like singing and stuff like that like I do a lot of different things um so I feel like you know, I'm I'm trying I'm not trying to be like the most famous Harry Styles stand ever. I'm just trying to be like just on the internet and ha- I'm just having fun kind of, you know. I'm not even trying to be famous yeah. for that matter. Like I'm just trying to have yeah. fun. And a lot of people on Twitter are like, Why are you making a fan account famous? Like she's not like she's just a fan. Why are you making it fake? It's hard for people to wrap their head around the fact that like Yes, I am a fan, but I'm also a human and I have a life that people want to see what I'm doing because I feel like a lot of people don't even necessarily care about the fact that I am a fan. They just care about what I'm doing, which is really cool, I think. And people are like, why are you making her famous? Like, don't treat her like she's famous because she's not. And I'm like, dude, I know I'm not famous. That's the thing. Like, (laughs) I know I am not some untouchable being. I am not famous. But half the time they treat me like I'm famous in the sense of saying all these awful things, like these awful things to me as if I can't see what they're saying, as if I'm not a human. They treat me like I'm not human. And that's what really gets on my nerves is like, they're like, you're not famous, but then they treat me like someone who's famous because famous people don't get treated like they're human either. So it's such a double-edged sword because obviously this, it can be such a nice place as well as obviously like we've said about such a like toxic place as well but obviously because of that you your following has like grown massively um over the last I would say yes I the most how did that come about like for me I know it was one post that I posted that it kind of snowballed the way that everything like grew was it something like that for you that, I that mean, all of a sudden just went There was shoot? a bunch of, okay, so I, I started on TikTok. Like, I feel like that's really the start because around, around like July of last year, I only had 5,000 followers. I, I say only. I had around 5,000 followers on Instagram. That's still a lot of people. But they were all people yeah. from like my hometown and, you know, some people from other places. But it was just like a normal size, you know, whatever following. Like, it was just normal. Like, they were normal, like, whatever people. It wasn't really like fandom stuff. And then mm-hmm. I had a Twitter and I had some st- like Stan Twitter followers and like things like that. And I had like a Stan account kind of. Um, I was posting about like my regular life along with like Harry Styles and stuff like that. And then I made a TikTok because a few of my friends and my husband were like, you should make one because, you know, you're kind of funny and like you, you, you're, you dance sometimes so you can make some of those dancing TikToks. Like they didn't tell me to get one so I could post about fandom stuff. And then I remember after having TikTok for like a week, I finally posted a video, but it was a video of me talking to Alexa, my Alexa. And I was like, who is Harry Styles? And then that video only got like 500 likes, I think. So it didn't like blow up or anything. But at the time, there was no one really on that app making Harry Styles content. I was going to say, I didn't even realize TikTok was a thing like until probably beginning of this year yeah, maybe I, but I don't think it, it, it really really kicked off here until it, then. it really wasn't super big until this like this past year in all honesty TikTok wasn't at all I don't think like I think it was pretty big but I think you know I think this around like fall time of last year start of you know this year it, it started really kicking off but that's when I got my TikTok yeah and it, and there was not really many people posting about Harry Styles on there and then I remember after like a week of just posting stupid Harry Styles content, I ended up, I had like 10,000 followers on TikTok and I was like, what the heck? Like, what is going on? And I started gaining a good, like a good, like maybe a hundred, 200 followers on Instagram from it. Cause I linked my Instagram. And then mm-hmm. after like a month I had hit like 20,000 and I was like, what, what, like, what is going on here? Like what is happening? And then I met my first other One Direction TikToker, which her name is Teresa. Um, I don't know if you know her, but some people listening might know who Teresa is. Um, she's like on, she's huge on TikTok, but I love her to death. And me and her met and we became really good friends. Other things happened and I started getting followers on Instagram from that. And then I remember one big thing that happened was um, on Twitter, like before I left Twitter, because I left Twitter February of 2020. But I remember last year around, it was the very end of October. So on Halloween, Harry Styles liked one of my tweets. 
it was insane. Like, oh, it was level. insane. It was this. It was. I dressed up as him. Doesn't, he doesn't go on. Doesn't oh, go I on know Twitter that much. So to get that exactly, is, and this was around like before Fine Line had like come gold. out yet. Obviously, you know. Um, obviously, Lights Up had come out, but none of like the fine like we didn't really know it was coming for us yet. And no. he liked my picture because I dressed up as him on Halloween. And I, like, freaked out, and everyone was freaking out for me, and then a bunch of people followed me from Instagram from that, and then two days later, he liked another one of my tweets, which was a singing video, and then I gained more followers on Instagram from that, and then it was it was just a whole thing. I did some recreation photos. That was, I feel like, the thing. I feel like that was probably it. Was your husband worried when you got two likes from Harry Styles <laughs> that you were going to run off with him? Because <laughs> if that was me, I'd be like, I'm packing my bags. That's two it was funny because like, I, I wasn't living with him just yet. And he was still, obviously, he was my fiance at the time, not my husband. But I remember I was sitting at his dining, like in his dining room. And we were sitting at the table and I was still wearing my costume. And I had just posted my pictures. Like it was literally three minutes before I had posted them on Twitter. And I was like, you know, I had to do it. And I tagged Harry in the Late Late Show. And then I got a like notification at the bottom of my Twitter. And it said, Harry Styles liked your tweet. And I thought it was like one of those fake accounts that was like names themselves Harry Styles yeah. or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm tired of people doing this. Like, I think Harry Styles. And I clicked on it and I saw the check mark. And I literally just froze. And I was like, Levi, 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 Levi. And he was like, what? And I was like, Harry Styles just like my tweet. And he was like, haha. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a serious moment. Harry Styles was actually just like my tweet. He just saw my face. He liked my tweet. He saw me. And he freaked, he freaked out just as much as I did. In all honesty. He was yeah. freaking out for me. And that's the best part about it. I don't think he was worried more so. But he was kind of like, this is insane. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that that's good that you've found someone that can appreciate that and like appreciate that side of you and freak oh, out with you he, for yeah. the same reason because i know well. for a fact too and he knows this too if like niall horan or any of his favorite artists like like hunter hayes or sean mendez or anybody like that were to like like one of his singing videos or something oh he would lose it i don't think he was worried he was just very happy for me which was really good <laughs> obviously you've said that you were at school and you've not gone back this Correct. year and taking some time off um would you say now that like doing instagram and tiktok is now full-time job yes everything for you when did you decide i'm gonna do this full-time because i feel like every person on instagram it gets to a point when they're like I need, i'm just gonna do it full time now it was so i had a, when like right when corona had started like covid and stuff had started I'd only, I had like around 50-ish, I want to say 50,000 followers on TikTok and probably around 20-ish thousand followers on Instagram, which is still really good. And I had started my merch, my merch shop last December. So it's almost been a year. December 6th will be a year um, Mm -hmm. since that. And it's just been like that since that year started. I was, you know, working at a restaurant and I was going to school full time and I was, you know, keeping a social life, doing TikTok, doing Instagram and running a shop. When COVID started and I had no more school, I was still doing online school, but it wasn't as time consuming um, and I couldn't work. I really focused on doing my merch shop, which was really, really cool getting because I work with uh, another girl. Her name is Danielle. She's incredible. And me and her, she's like the co-owner of the shop. And we were working really hard on it. And you know, um, trying to just make some money during COVID time. And then it became really serious. The shop did. Then after a few months of being in lockdown and kind of, or not, we didn't lock down, which is stupid, but after being in self-quarantine, I guess, um, I got married still. And after my, like I got married and moved, I was working again for maybe another month or so. And every time I was working, I was thinking about I could be making content right now. I could be drawing and making merch designs right now. And I enjoy it more. I have more fun doing it. I like staying home and working and talking to people online. I just mentally was so much happier when I wasn't at that job. And it sucked too because I really enjoyed that job. I did really enjoy working at that restaurant with the people that I was working with and stuff. And I know some people might get a like, I'll be like, okay, well, you have to, you have to have a job. You have to be an adult. You know, I don't care if you don't like it, but I just knew that I had more potential elsewhere. So 
Yeah. I talked to my husband. I talked to my friend William, William Sheet. I talked to him and then I talked to my parents about it. And I was like, I think I want to quit my job. And they were like, do you have a plan? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, are you going back to school in the fall? I, and they, they all advised me not to because I do have an autoimmune disease. So it was kind of smarter for me to stay home anyway. And I was like, I don't think so. And they're yeah. like, then do it. They're like, I don't see what's stopping you because you have two years of experience in a restaurant business. So if it doesn't work out, you can go back. And they're like, and if it does yeah. work out, you have an opportunity at your feet and it'd be stupid not to run with it. So I, I think it was the push from my family and friends and just my mental, like me wanting, me wanting more for myself to where I finally was like, you know what, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. With the merch shop, obviously because of like COVID this year, I've noticed that there's been a lot more fan merch businesses mm-hmm. come about. Um, do you find it harder to come up with new ideas? I, me and my like my partner that works with me, um, Danielle, I think the pro- the thing with it is is that we're we're really good friends with most of the merch shops. Like if it's not that I've worked with them yeah. before on my personal Instagram or whatever, it's great being friends with all of them because we get to see all of their designs first and make sure we're not creating the same type of thing. I think it's very competitive um, trying to be unique and original sometimes. Um, But the coolest part about it too is that I have all copyrights to my stories, like my fan fictions. And a big portion of my Mm -hmm. store is relating to my original work too. Like it's not just Harry Styles and things like that and One Direction. So I can sell things that are original to just me which is really cool so it's easy to be very creative in that sense um getting to make just stuff about my original my original think sometimes it can be really challenging to do something that you think everyone's gonna want like making sure you're doing something that everybody is gonna see and everyone's gonna like but at the end of the day I think me and um Danielle have realized it's it's more so about doing things that we would want to wear like making stuff that we like that's unique and original and then at the end of the day there's going to be a handful of people or maybe hundreds of people that feel the exact same way about it i think because i'm real clever people with all this merch too especially like the christmas and holidays and like things like that like merch with that oh my god Um, like the stuff the stuff that i see like every time that i like refresh instagram and someone else is like new designs like today and i'm like how have you come up with this in your brain like (laughs) in like the last like 24 hours oh like, and i'll tell you this right now um, hairstyles team works fast but i think his fans work faster because like the truth of it is is it's so exciting when he does something too because we all kind of work together and we all like drop merch the next like after the vogue shoot and like the vogue interviews and stuff came out and whatever i the next the very next day me and danielle um worked to put out a thing literally not even 24 hours later for end toxic masculinity we did the picture of him in a dress and did the end toxic masculinity thing um behind it it was a really cool design and then we also did the pink door design so we both like worked together really hard to make a drop the next day it's so cool getting to just be creative and and fun and quick and all that kind of stuff i love it it gives me a rush (laughs) um that leads me on very nicely to my next point in regards to like the vogue article and all the kind of headlines Mm. that have been floating around in regards to um I got told off on my Instagram for using the word manly but I was just using I won't name the person I was just using their words from their tweet in regards to bringing back manly men that don't wear dresses and stuff like that um talk to me how you feel about Harry's fashion sense in regards to wearing dresses or the other stuff he wears because it's very mixed bag in regards to how people feel I was young I okay so I've grown I've grown up around I've been in theater my whole life like on stage in theater so mm-hmm. I've grown up around people that are part of the LGBTQ plus community straight people transgender people whatever you know I've been around just about every walk of life I could think of I have I've been exposed to a lot of things I remember I was super young and I was watching you know Lady Gaga and like old videos of Madonna and like all this crazy and like Prince and Queen like Freddie Mercury and David Bowie and like all these very flamboyant extravagant people and I was surrounded by extravagance because of theater so honestly seeing extravagant people now flamboyant people seeing people 
that dress in dresses, dress in skirts, dress in suits, whatever they wear, the bigger, the better for me. I like everyone. I remember one, like for an example, everyone was freaking out over the Met Gala in 2019 because Harry was there. I've watched the Met Gala every year since I can remember because I love seeing the excess, like excessiveness of it. I love it. Um, I love seeing who's going to break boundaries. I've always loved that. And I have always stood by the fact, like even before this topic got brought up, that a manly man is not defined by clothing, I don't think. I don't think the fact that a guy can go out in the backyard and chop some wood or go hunting makes him a manly man. I think what makes somebody a quote-unquote manly man is them and their respect for human life. That makes someone manly to me. Having blatant respect, I think emotions and kindness, I think that definitely showcases a guy that's a good person, that is man, you know, that, that's, that's embracing his man. Like, people that don't have to go out and showcase how strong they are or how douchey they are, I guess, you know? Like, yeah. there's so many guys that are like, oh, yeah, I'm hooking up with girls every week. That means I'm a, I'm a bro. And I'm like, dude, that doesn't mean anything. You have respect for people. I don't care if that's what you wear. If you wear dresses and paint your nails and get hair extensions and whatever, I don't care. As long as you have blatant human respect and you are a good human being, I could care less what you wear. You know, I don't care if you run around naked. I really don't. Like, it does not bother me. And I think Harry, in the sense of what he's wearing, I have so much respect for that man because he knew what he was doing. Like, I mean, no one, like, being a man being on Vogue wearing a dress is out of the normal, I guess, you know? But it didn't bother him in any way, shape, or form. He didn't even think twice about it, I don't think. And obviously, I don't know if he, I don't know if he even had any control of what, what went on the cover or not, but he, he didn't, if he did, then he didn't care. And I think that shows respect, too, yeah. is the fact that he knew a lot of people were not going to like this, but I like it, and that's all that matters. And I love that about him. And I yeah. love, too, that he's showing young boys and young girls that they can be whoever they want to be. You can wear whatever the hell you want to wear, because at the end of the day, it's a piece of fabric. What defines you is what's inside. It's not what is on the outside. Like, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's... it is a piece of fabric. It's literally clothing. That's all it ever will be. And- um i had a lot of questions about this so i've actually yeah i have i have actually read this and this is me out on myself that i do read fan fiction um but this year i saw yesterday that you posted your fan fiction Mm -hmm. that you've done cherry is now in eight eight million reads which is crazy (laughs) how did you expect when you started writing it that it would do no. do that well? And um, how did the idea of it come about and then progress until honestly, now? the craziest? I I've been reading fan fiction since I was around because a lot of people are like, oh, well, I started reading fan fiction when I was like eight, and I'm like, well, fan fiction really wasn't a super big thing. I, at least from my understanding, I don't think it was a super big thing until like middle school area for me at least it wasn't big Mm -hmm. from what I understand but I started reading fan fiction when I was around I want to say like 12 and they were all like stupid little one shots or like small fan fictions and stuff but then I read after which was uh, like my fresh like first year of high school I think was the first time I ever like opened after which that kind of put me in that rabbit hole where I started reading more and more and more fan fiction. And then with that too, I wanted to write a fan fiction because I yeah. was in some writing class. I was in, I was in a literature class, like an advanced literature class. And my teacher made us write some, um, what's it called? Some fiction, like just fictional writing, like free writing. And he made us do like a short story and I wrote it and he like pulled me to the side and he was like, this is really like incredible. Like it's really good. Like, this is very good and so then I started taking like creative writing classes and I really enjoyed it and I started writing some fan fictions let me tell you they were not good back then but then I stopped writing reading didn't doing any of that I deleted my Wattpad and then I remember in 2019 I was like thinking about fan fiction for some reason and I was like did I delete those like those fan fictions I wrote I was like oh my god what if I didn't delete them 
So I downloaded Wattpad again specifically to check if I deleted my old fan fictions. And I had, of course. But I found oh. um, some of the old ones that I really loved reading. And I started reading them again. And I got back into it instantly, like right away. And then I decided to make a new Wattpad and write a new story. And I had been writing all of 2019 different stories. The biggest one out of all my 2019 stories was the book Stylist. And then I remember in like lockdown had just I I think it had just started like school just shut down and and it had just kind of started and my friend made a call to me when I was in the middle of filming a TikTok and she does this all the time she did this with stylist like with that book she gave me this idea too as my best friend we met through One Direction um but she calls me she lives in Florida so she doesn't live she lives like eight hours away from me but she calls and she goes I have an idea for a fan fiction and I was like spill it she goes so what if you did a fan fiction where like this girl is a songwriter. This is all she said. The girl's a songwriter and obviously like some stuff happens and she like meets Harry and stuff. But then throughout the fan fiction, something happens and she's the one that writes the song cherry. And then he buys it from her and it puts it in his point of view. And I was like, that's a good idea. So I took it. And then that night I took about 15 minutes to kind of plan out some stuff about it. And the next day I wrote the first chapter, posted it and it, got like a thousand reads on the first chapter which has never happened for me and I was like what the heck plus the second chapter got another thousand reads and I was like why are so many people reading this at the start like I had no idea it was just like from the start people were reading yeah like it was it was crazy so I was like well I'll, I'll, I'll just have fun with it whatever and I kept writing it and then more people kept reading it and I actually sat down and planned the whole thing instead of just like the first bit of it because normally I plan all my stories before I write them And then I remember I had, like, I think it was, like, 15 chapters out. And I was at, like, 100,000 reads, 200,000 reads or something. like. I think it was, like, 100,000-something reads. And I was, like, dude, I haven't – this has never happened to me before. Like, this has never happened. Like, I don't know – I don't even know what to do about this. And people were coming coming at me in my DMs and, like, messaging me and, like, freaking out over something that I had written and telling me, like, this is actually, like, changing the way I think of things and, like – it's so good. It's so smart. I love it. Like they were praising me for this. And I was like, I don't even know what to do with this information. Like what the heck? And then when it hit a million, I was like, like, it's so crazy seeing that number and seeing any of the numbers with cherry at least like, cause I genuinely, when I started writing this, it was just an idea I had been given. I hadn't even planned it. I thought this is going to be fun. It'll be a fun little thing. I'm in quarantine now. I've got an extra story to write. I'll pass the time with it. And then it became way more than that obviously <laughs> someone actually asked has writing cherry changed yes, your 100%. life in any way? um not in this i mean not in the sense of like changing my perspective on things but it's it's given me that courage to know that like i actually am a good writer cuz like i my other stories though like silas got decently big you know it hit it like a good few hundred thousand reads and stuff. I didn't really have very many comments or feedback on that. The only people that were really giving me feedback were yeah. more of my like friends that were reading my stuff just because they were supporting me and they liked my writing and stuff. And they were always like, it's really good. It's really good. But having complete strangers, like a lot of them commenting and saying these things and yeah. messaging me such kind things like this story has changed my life. It's made me realize that I'm actually a good writer. <laughs> And it's given me the courage to yeah. start planning stories um, that I could possibly actually get published one day. So it's really boosted yeah. my creativity and confidence with, with the story too. And it's just, it's, I'm so thankful for that story. It's one, it, it, it will always be the best story I've ever written in my opinion, like in my head, like my favorite story I've ever written, I guess. You've actually mentioned that you've never seen Harry live Correct. solo. You've seen One Direction. How many shows did you have planned for? Uh, okay, so I would like to preface this because I have received some hate for it before, so I'm going to preface it. But I, last uh, 2019, before tour started, I knew it had been so long since, you know, he had brought music out and he hadn't really teased anything, but, like, this was a big year. He had the Met Gala. And I remember in um, March of that year for my birthday, like, around my birthday time, I was like, I'm going to start saving for Harry's concert, like, for Harry's tour. My mom, my friends, they were all like, Emma, mm-hmm. he hasn't even announced an album yet. And I'm like, he's going to announce it this year. I'm like, 
tour is going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. I need to have money saved because I'm going to see him as many times as I can afford. I'm saving my money. So every single day I worked, I remember I counted, like, how many extra hours. I think I, on top of my normal schedule along with school, I had worked, like, over 200 extra hours just to be able to, like, save money. And I saved for from March until November saved money in a jar I put it in a literal like I put the cash that I had in a jar in my room and it was I could not touch it I refused to touch it and when he finally announced his tour me and my friends all banded together and you know we decided what shows I was going to and I put my money in the bank and I bought my tickets but I was gonna go to um and I was also going to meet friends as well through this like internet friends that I had made but I was gonna go to Madison Square Garden so New York um night night one and two or was it two and three I think it was two and three but I was going to two New York shows then I was going to go to Nashville which is only like four hours away from me Nashville both Atlanta shows and then I was going to go to Florida or two Florida shows I think and then I was also going to go to Harry Ween um which I'm obviously I sold some of those tickets because next year it'll be October I'm still going to a good few shows, so I'm very happy about that. But um, I'm very lucky to have been able to save money and have great friends that want to go with me to these shows. You know, I'm, I'm really happy about it, but I've also never seen him. And this man has definitely saved my life and changed my life in so many ways. So I've been looking forward to seeing him because I couldn't afford tickets his first tour around, his first two tours, you know. However, I'm going to do the quick fire Oh, I'm round excited. next oh, okay. Harry Styles Favorite song, song. Harry Styles song Harry is Sunflower Volume 6 um, or Cherry is very close up there but definitely number one is Sunflower Volume 6 fine Favorite line album. for sure favorite music Ooh. video that's really hard I think the golden is going to be my favorite music video but Lights Up is very close second Okay, next one is Long-haired Harry. Harry era. Um, I stand by that. I don't care if anyone slanders me for it. Long-haired Harry deserves the world. He is beautiful. <laughs> I love and appreciate all of his eras, and they all hold power, but his long hair, I would die for it. And that's just it. <laughs> um, so these two were actually people sent in a question. Oh, Favorite lyrics? That's very hard. I really like... I mean, I have one of them tattooed on me, obviously, so I could go with that one for sure because it does mean a lot to me. But um, in the song Treat People With Kindness, the, the lyric just keep on dancing. I love that part of the song because he's talking about, like, no matter what's happening, you know, I'm just going to keep on dancing through life and have, have a great time. Yeah. So that one's definitely – I'm going to go with that one because it's definitely one of them. I love that. Yep. Okay. And this one, I was like, this is a little bit harsh to try and do. One song to erase from his discography. Oh, I'm going to get slander for this one, too. I already know it. I think my least... See, because I appreciate all of his songs in every way, shape, and form. I think they're all beautiful, and I hate having to pick one to erase because I know that there was a lot of meaning and, like, like heart behind the song, so I don't want to erase any of them. But I will say my least favorite is two ghosts and a lot of people hate on me for that one but it is my least favorite so okay so someone else also asked what qualities do you see in yourself that you've gained from being a fan I think of harry's the ability to step back is one big thing um and kind of decipher and look at things and and just you know figure things out before speaking because that's definitely I feel like something he does um treating kindness with kindness instead of just everybody with kindness because a big thing that I had done for my whole life well first of all I let the bad things that had happened to me affect me and I I let that be the reason why I was so mean to people back a long while ago I was just not I was a very bitter person and now I've taken his advice on treating nice people like treat nice like be nice to nice be nice to nice people and now that's something that's definitely changed my life because you know I know to stand up for myself now so I definitely take that um I feel like also the aspect of not not everyone has to know everything about you you don't have to be a 100% open book to be liked Mm -hmm. you know you don't have to 
show every single aspect of your life for people to care about you um how has being a fan of harry changed that impacted Um, your life it's given me honestly i mean it saved my life in in so many ways because it's given me hope for a lot of things i think it's given me a lot of stuff to look forward to and be happy about um Music's always been a big part of my life. So finding music that I just relate to and also finding music that I can decipher in the sense of I I have like music journals and stuff where I'll like take songs that I really like that, you know, have like pretty deep, like deeper lyrics and I'll write the lyrics down and kind of like read between the lines and try to figure out what they mean to me. And I love having an artist that I Mm -hmm. can do that with that I love as a person so that aspect of it and also the biggest part is definitely the friends um the people that he's brought into my life and that have changed my life I mean quite quite honestly he's given me a job basically like my dream job right now (laughs) so though it might not last forever it's still like a big thing so he's really just changed my entire life if we're being honest (laughs) well I'm gonna say thank you for taking your time thank you for having me here (laughs) um no problem and I am gonna end on this last question that I probably got asked in the question box on Instagram about 50 times um Emma what is your favorite color today it has to be red because it's the color in my opinion of love and I'm feeling very loved and happy right now as well as it's the Christmas season I'm getting really into the Christmas season here so definitely red like a dark deep red very happy That's it for this week's episode. I want to say a big thank you again to Emma for being today's guest. Make sure you head over to our Instagram to see more at thatfangirl.life underscore. Also, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that's listened to all the episodes so far. It means the world that you're enjoying all the episodes so far. I'll be back on the 8th of January with a new episode. So I just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays and hope you have a great new year. See you in 2021.